Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Local Live. We are down at Club Garibaldi tonight for our first show of the year. We do this the first Tuesday of every month. We have a live audience for our show at Club Garibaldi. And uh, tonight, we've got Stomata as our guest. Let's hear it for him. My name is Cal. With me, as always, is Aaron. Yes, I'm here. Um, why don't we kick it off by doing a little uh, thanks to the folks who make Local Live possible each and every week. Tonight's edition of Local Live on WMSC is supported by a donation from the Hi-Hat Garage located on Arlington and Brady on Milwaukee's east side. The Hi-Hat High Octane Hour is Monday through Friday from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. with an appetizer buffet. More info at HiHatOnBrady.com. All right. Thanks, Cal. Um, no let's, problem. Let's do an introduction of the band. Uh, if they want to give a little, uh, you know, a toot or a tap or a pluck <laughs> after I announce you, please do. Uh, James Julius Anderson on the Woodwinds. <laughs> All right. And uh, Mr. Dave Shepke on the drum kit. And John Simons on upright bass. Very nice. All right, so um, you all in the audience in, in Radioland might be familiar with the, the separate components of Stomata. Jay Anderson, you might know from Foreign Goods, New Boys Club, New Age Narcissism, um, founder of Milwaukee's newest Voodoo Honey Records. He's also guested with Webster X, Classic, Lux Allen, and the Aliwar Pearls. Dave Shepke, also in Blank Radio, uh, been working with Willie Porter for a lot of years, a percussion instructor. He's got a bunch of different projects always in the works. All right, and last but not least, Mr. John Simons. He's a jazz studies director for MISO, teacher. Instructor, teacher. Uh, Maiso is the Milwaukee Youth Symphony Orchestra, and he also plays with the North Coast Orchestra and the Carlos Adames Trio. He is also a math teacher in his free time. A lot of math fans out there. Yeah. Go math. <laughs> so, uh, should we start off with some music? All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's Stomata.
All right, everybody, welcome back. You're tuned into 91.7 FM WMSC. Uh, we're broadcasting live from Club Garibaldi with a live studio audience. Live studio audience, give yourselves a hand. <clears throat> give the band a hand, too. We want to remind you guys out there that you can write questions uh, to submit to us for the band. We're going to kick off with a couple of questions of our own, but please take the note cards and the pens and formulate your best best shot there. <laughs> All right, so we want to know, how did you guys initially link up and start jamming? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, would have the, I would have these jam sessions at my house, like, I don't know how many years ago now. Two, two and a half years ago, um, and I'd post them on Facebook. So Dave Shepke was watching me post this stuff. I remember the story, and uh, and he's talking to his wife about what's going on at the house. And then there's a conversation where it's decided between the two of them. It's like, hey, maybe you should go over there and hang out. So then Dave Shepke comes over and sets up his drum set. And there's a big jam session. So me and Dave met. They went to have a group, and he's like, I had this buddy, John, that I know. Uh, who'd be great to come and play bass. And so then John started showing up, and we've been rehearsing on a pretty regular basis. It's off and on, but it's a long stretch of time. We get really comfortable with each other. So when did that all start? When was the first uh, the time the three of you played together? Two years. Yeah, two years ago? Like two and a half. Maybe two and three quarters, because I've, I've been living in the Humboldt house for two years now. So I know we met six months before I moved. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And then how long after that was it before you guys actually played a show out in public? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it was right away. We were doing like some corporate stuff, mm -hmm. doing some pickup gigs, you know. We screen corporate. Yeah. <laughs> well, at first we were just playing some jazz standards, so we get I get some little gigs somewhere and we go play it. And now we're starting to step out and play places on stages so Jay you're known primarily as a saxophone player I think everyone would agree um, but what would you consider your second great love as far as instruments that you play uh, music <laughs> everything everything music um, well mainly I guess my second I kind of separate playing my saxophone from my love for music as a whole like listening to music or trying to support other musicians or trying to see other musical endeavors happen because I'm not playing with them. So it's kind of been a different vein for me than actually loving playing saxophone. Makes sense. All right, let's, you guys sent in a flurry of questions. I've got like six or seven. Thank you. Okay, so someone out there wants to know, how does one become part of these Jay Anderson jam sessions? You're not allowed to. I'm sorry. It's just there's a lot of rules, and I can be really mean, and it's just, you know, I don't, I don't know. Let's go, like, like, let me just think. What's a good, a good thing? Uh, let's play together sometime. Hire me for a gig. Okay, hire me for a gig, and if I have fun, then we'll probably be doing jamming later. Otherwise, auditions are closed for the Jay Anderson home there, jam yeah, sessions. Yeah, there was never there was never auditions. <laughs> there was never. Or All if right. you if you would fight Steve Peplin, then you can come. <laughs> okay, um, so yeah, Steve Peplin, listen up. Uh, what is the story behind the name Stamata? 
John, John came because we were thinking about names. I'm really bad at naming bands. I think of really, really bad names, or they're just really obvious names, you know. But uh, we were talking one day and we were coming up with names, and I came up come up with a bunch of bad names. But I'm really into plants, and then John is like, "Well, stomata is Latin for mouth, and it's also the word for the pores on the underside of plant leaves when they open at nighttime to receive oxygen." I like plants a lot. They're not my second love to music, but they're like, I, I don't mind them. <laughs> and so, yeah, John came up with the name. I remember that. Do I remember that correctly? Well, yeah, and I think one of, one of the things that was nice about playing with Jay, and I think Dave will agree, is we'd go over to Jay's house, and it was almost like this, uh, you know, this really organic, ethereal setup. He has all these, like, he had all these plants just dripping from his walls and, and, and you know, legal plants. And we're like, you know... <laughs> We're like, all right, you know, it was really cool. And he had a turtle on the porch, and just it was just, you know, it was weird, but it was really cool. And so, when we were coming up with the name, I think it was over a text message, and we were texting back and forth, and I just said stomata, and it just kind of fell out. And then he was like, oh, that's good. And so we just, I think we wanted to be done talking about it, so we picked it. <laughs> so John's teaching you a thing or two about botany, is what you're saying? Yeah, Jay. exactly, yeah, okay. precisely. Uh, this is another audience question. If Stomata were a city, which would it personify? I don't know. You guys go first. What do you think? You got to pick one. River West? But we, I mean, I feel like it applies. Is Queens, in a pro, is Queens is a city, right? It's a borough. <laughs> okay. We'll take it. We'll take, yeah, that one. We're going to go with that. Okay. Did we, get, did we win? Is that the question? You'd have to ask the person who <laughs> asked the question, I guess. Well, let's let's uh, do another song, shall we? Can you tell us a little bit about the song that you're going to play next? Well, first I want to tell you, the first one was an original from the bass player. John Simons just got Charlie. Uh, what's the next one we should play? Oh, this one's good. This one's called Softly, It's in a Morning Sunrise. And this is, I don't really know what to tell you about it. This is good. There are lyrics I don't think anyone ever, anywhere wants to hear me sing. So uh, we'll just play it. Stomata, oh, ladies yeah, That's what and I gentlemen. can tell you, that is it's not our song. That's a good. Okay. It's a cover. It's a jazz, it's a jazz standard. Thanks, Dave. That was a good save. That was a good save.
You're listening to Stomata on Local Live. We're down at Club Garibaldi, and we've got a live audience here, and uh, I think we're going to get to a few more audience questions, if you guys wouldn't mind. It's audience member Laura's birthday. She is a Capricorn. What sign are you guys, and do certain signs work better as a, as a band than others? Um, sign of the band? <laughs> sign of the times. Um, I'm a Libra. Um, I, I'm into balance, so I, I guess that means I'm crabby. So, um, I'm a Cancer, but uh, I'm crabby too. So, well, that's why we're in a band together. I'm a Leo. Um, I'm just super duper mean and can't be trusted. What's the sign of the band? I, I don't know. I guess it's a... Uh, because what is a Libra? What, is a, what does a Libra look like? The Libra's scales. So it is... And Cranter's a crab, right? Yep. So it's like a furry lion crab holding a scale. <laughs> a digital one. Yeah, we're in Lion buying crap at the market on a digital scale. So picture that, Radioland. How about this question? Uh, Dream collaboration, alive or dead? I guess that can be for anybody. They they seem stumped. I want to collaborate with Vivaldi. like to like hang out with Radiohead for five minutes you know you guys took both of mine I don't have anything left (laughs) Dave has already collaborated with everyone he would ever want to so this next part should be easier it's favorite real life collab so far Um, watch out you guys don't say the wrong thing You know, the thing is, it's, it's hard, it's, that's loaded because it really depends on, you know, the time of the year, what you're playing, what's going on and everything. I'd say currently, I mean, this is obviously one of my favorites. Um, Dave puts together some great things with Blank Radio that I've, I've been a part of that you walk in thinking, oh, this is going to be weird, and you leave, and you're just like, wow, that was, you know, that was amazing. And, yeah, and that was weird. Um, so I don't know. Right now, I think anything that allows me chance to breathe, so... I, I really I really like this group because it's just whatever we want it to be. So I like to breathe too, and uh, so as long as there's oxygen, I'm cool. Um, but other than that, uh, like John, for me, there's been so many bands I've played with that they're all different styles of music or different approaches to music. So I can't really say I'd have anything that I would prefer above another. But uh, I've been very fortunate to play with Willie Porter over the last 15 years, and that's been a lot of fun and rewarding as a, in, a, in, a very, in so many different ways uh, as a friend and, and, um, and just in, in musical growth. For me, that's, if I had to pick one, that'd probably be the one, but then again, like John said, every other day, there's a lot of cool stuff to do. Um, myself, my loop pedal. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that I mean to play with myself more often. I meant that I used, I like to play through my loop pedal. However, 
my favorite collaboration with actual like human beings. It's a it's a pretty tough tie between Samada and Foreign Goods. You know, I, I really it's hard to decide. So I try to create situations where maybe they can play together. Cool. <laughs> Might happen now. New year, new collab. <laughs> Speaking of collaborations, I feel like this is a great opportunity for us to bring up the, the tribe called Quest event coming up. What we, is that? <laughs> <laughs> tribe Uncovered is coming up on January 20th at Turner Hall. So that's kind of like um, considered the mother of all collaborations here in Milwaukee is the Alverno Presents series. So for this one, how did Classic go about approaching you guys? Uh, me and Classic were hanging out, enjoying a casual glass of wonderful cognac. And he let me know that he's going to be doing Tribe Uncovered and wanted to figure out a band situation. And since Pouring Goods has been doing so much intensive work with Classic up to date, and rehearsals and studio work. And then since we obviously needed the jazz backbone because of what Richard Davis did for, or Richard Davis, the bass player, for Miles' second group, what he did for Tribe's music, we knew we needed a jazz backdrop. So then it was the perfect opportunity to get the two favorite groups that I love to collaborate. Foreign Goods is kind of jazzy, not really. They, they can kind of swing. But then Simona can swing. You know, and then we have upright bass, and we have the the sound and the wrist on the drum set. It's a different thing, so it was good to have them both together. And then you know, Foreign Goods has a bunch of weirdness and three singers and and madness, so it was good to bring them together. What were the biggest challenges you guys had in, in like putting together arrangements for uh, some of the 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 tribe songs that maybe weren't like as blatantly jazz uh, background? You know what? Um, it's a rare statement, but with no arrogance, I can say there weren't really challenges musically. You know, there are schedule things, there are rehearsal timing things, but as far as the music's concerned, if you look at the lineup of who's in Samada and who's in Foreign Good, Foreign Goods, everyone's pretty much got their parts covered. You know, no one's got a be, actually, you know what? I'm probably the weakest link between the two groups. Like, out of all the studio time we spent getting ready for the Tribe Uncover show, I've probably caused the most holdups not knowing my parts. So then Be Free, who has perfect pitch, has to listen to them and write them out and hand them to me in my studio booth. So the biggest challenge was just you? Yeah, pretty much, as okay. usual. <laughs> you heard it here first, on the record. Well, you guys probably are already versed in covering things because most jazz standards are like, you know, primary fodder for sets. So the the last song you played was a, a take on a standard, correct? Yeah, that was a, I can't remember who wrote it, but originally it was an opera piece uh, for a black and white movie. And then I'm going to go ahead and say somewhere between the 30s and the 60s. Somebody wrote it. Oh, when they make it to. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, good. Because the opera's from like super old. So they made the standard somewhere between that and the 60s. Because I know they recorded it already as a standard in the 60s. So it's just a song. Cats play it. I think the first time I ever heard it was Sonny Rollins at the Village Vanguard with his trio. 
first time I heard it on a vinyl that my dad had is a great song. And I learned it in real life from uh, Eric Jacobson at the uh, Milwaukee Youth Symphony Orchestra when I went there. So it's just a cool, it's a cool tune. Most people should know it if you, you know, you're like a jazz musician and you go out to play gigs and most people know the tune. It's a fun tune to call. Why do you think that is that like, unlike most other genres, you're still playing, like any jazz band has to know like those standards from like, you know, 70, 80 years ago. I think it's because a part of, a part of it's about how the music was performed in its heyday and a part of it's about the pedagogy, 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 how do you say it? The pedagogy of how the tradition is passed on, you know, because there are other people who do it, um, mainly classical musicians, you know. Sure. It's yeah. like I, I went to, I auditioned at UW-Madison for classical saxophone, and it's the same way that you know jazz standards when you play jazz, you're supposed to know like, there's classical pieces, you know, like do you know the Ibert, do you know the French classical pieces? So, and there are other places, I guess, cover bands. But maybe because of how you have to preserve the musical tradition and how precise it has to be and has it has to be passed down from generation to generation, that you don't really get to do it without doing it that way. So then it keeps it going. Makes sense. So when you guys are <clears throat> approaching a standard, how do you make it your own stomata's version of it? Like, what are the hallmark characteristics? Well, um, you know, there's not, it's, it's, it's really organic, just like Jay's living room. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, well, it's true though. It's, it's very symptomatic of how we operate and we don't, we don't sit down and go, oh, all right, I came up with this drum part, you do this, and Jay, I want you to come in here and blah, 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 and they go, well, John, we want you to, you know, come in on the end of two here. You know, it's, it just doesn't work that way. And I think that's because we have a lot of trust in each other and we also have a lot of trust in the whole process of how this works and we're truly a jazz group in the sense that it it's different every time we play you know and i you know and we we have loose arrangements and things but i mean the last two things we played i you know there's always an, an old god moment when i'm playing when i'm like what what's next but you know i just go oh well let's go on for the ride and see where this happens you know so I think that we don't necessarily come at it from any specific angle, but they just sort of happen. And then we'll hear things. We record a lot of what we do too. And the other thing is we like jazz music and like anybody who's, you know, an alternative artist or something, you listen to a lot of Bowie and a lot of, you know, a lot of really good music. Jazz artists do the same thing, you know, and we listen to things and so we'll be like, Oh, that reminds me of blah 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 and so we'll we'll pull something from Dexter Gordon or something from Sonny Rollins and you know, we, we all listen to a lot of different things. So I think it's just, it's it's very organic. I don't know if that answers that, but. Oh. Does to me. We'll take it. <laughs> well, I think it might be about time for another song. What do you, what do you guys think? Yeah. If the audience is into it. All right, here's Stomata one more time. It's WMSC's Local Live. Okay, how much time do we have? Do we have time for two more songs then? And some more questions, maybe? Okay, okay, so we're going to do this song. We didn't practice this in rehearsal. We practiced talking about it in rehearsal. Um, and this is going to be, this is great, actually, because your last question was a super good leeway 
into what the next song is, but this is going to be uh, improvised, but not improvised like we improvise solos over a set set of chord changes, changes, oranges, chord changes. We're going to go ahead and improvise the whole thing. So we haven't rehearsed any of it. We're just going to see what happens. I smiled deviously at, at Cam and Aaron right away, Kyle and Aaron.
It's Stomata on WMSC's Local Live. We, uh, looks like we do have one more audience question here. Is this the last one? Yeah, you moment. guys got more questions for us? Bring them on up. If you have more, <laughs> bring them up. Otherwise, uh, Jay, you are involved with so many projects. How do you have the energy? I think a I, lot of people want to know that. And not do anything else. So it's not that much, you know? I mean, I do I do, do other things, you know? I eat food. Um, sometimes, yeah, I, I cook food. I like that. Sometimes I like to uh, um, enjoy a nice... You know, right? Like the dating game? No, it's not. Um, okay. Enjoy a... I was going to say a nice glass of wine by the sunset, you know? Practice saxophone during the day. Um, practice every day. Uh, every day I'm working on some other band's music that I'm in. Um, I make sure to... In between every every few hours of music business I do during the day, I make sure to take time to annoy people thoroughly um, via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, um, their text messages or their emails or their answering machines. Sometimes I leave notes on cars. Um, you know. But yeah, it's, it, there's free time in the day. <laughs> Clearly. All right. Uh, so here, here are two more audience questions just delivered. Okay, so everyone think about this really deeply. Uh, what is your personal spirit animal? Bear. Pumpkin. Um, my spirit animal is the great guitarist of the Northwoods, Steve Peplin. <laughs> and uh, this should be a pretty easy one. 2016, thumbs up or thumbs down? As a teacher, um, one of the things I do when I check for comprehension, we call these formative assessments, and I'll say, thumbs up, you got it, thumbs down. Or, or thumbs in the middle if you're kind of like, eh, I'm working out, sort of get it, and thumbs down if you're in the weeds. And this is definitely a kind of uh, sort of year for me, so. Life is what you make it. Doesn't matter on the number as far as I'm concerned. I know it was a really heavy year and lots of things happened, but um. In 2016, I finished puberty, so I really can't complain about anything. It was good. That was a big thing for me, you know. Thumbs way up, then. Thumbs way up, way okay. up. I have a question for all of you who are uh, instructors. My microphone is being tricky. Um, so, the instructors of instruments here. What do you guys most want your students to get out of each lesson you give them? Because I know there's like an ultimate goal, but any, any day, 30 minutes, half an hour, whatever hour you spend with a student, what do you ultimately at the end of that time want, want them to walk away with? Uh, well, for me, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot to be said about that because, I mean, it really depends on the student and what you know, where they are and where they're going on the instrument, you know, and everybody's different. As much as there's similarities in the way you might approach things as far as uh, your protocol for 
a, le a plan, a lesson plan, or the way you want to think, the way you want things to develop, you have to you have to look at, you know, what is what is that day, what are those thirty minutes, and where is everybody coming from? Not to get too you know, philosophical about it, but at the same time, people come in for lessons, and uh, you know, we may not do any drumming that particular day. And there's other things that we accomplish in regards to music or, or life or whatever. You know, there's a lot of things that happen as far as how you, you know, when you're interacting with, with people that are trying to further their, their goals in whichever way that, that it may be, music or whatever. And so I know for myself as a private instructor, if we sit and talk about the history of, of popular music or the history of music or the history of history, I guess, the world, who knows, anything. I mean, as long as we, we come to some good uh, conclusions about things and understanding, but the nature of just of the instrument itself, not to be ambiguous, but I think there's just, there's just too many variables. Sorry, I kind of answered it. John? I just wanna, I just wanna add one thing. I think for me, I know uh, um, as a, as a classroom teacher of math and also just of um, doing music with my soul. I think for me, I feel I've won if the kids are curious and if they want more. And that's that's the bottom line. I, I've had students come in who um, on music playing, uh, you know, bass or different instruments who are, who are terrified. And then they play a couple solos and we work on them, we get them improvising and then you know, I see them two years later, and they're these outgoing, and so it's it's really it's all part of a big giant process. And I think if 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 you can inspire them in some way, whether that's a history lesson or whatever Dave was saying, just so they want to play more, just because that's what it all comes down to. It's it's how much do you want to pick this big ugly thing up and play it and and put work into it, or sit in those drums and annoy all your neighbors and everything growing up and everything. And that's what it all comes down to. And if you've if you've helped a child and inspired them and made them go, yeah, I want to do this more, then you've you've won for that day, you know. So. I think they were both good answers. Um, Jay, can we talk a little bit about uh, your new record label, Voodoo Honey? Um, how did that come together? What what inspired you to put together a record label in the first place? Uh, okay. I'm going to try to make this really brief because there's a lot, but I do want to touch on the things. <sighs> so me and John and Dave recorded this album with Danny Zelonky at National Recording Studio. Like, we recorded it, waited for a long time, it got mastered to tape. That's done. That's waiting to be released. We were sending it around, looking for things. Got a few bites. The bites, what they offered, weren't really anything more than I felt like I could already do myself within the confines of the city. Uh, so we went from there. I called some friends, called, rang up David Ravel on the phone, and called up Tariq Moody and Reginald Baylor and my editor and godmother, Brooke Moraldi, and I said, hey, guys, I feel like we can start this record label. Uh, six or seven months ago before, I wanted to start a nonprofit to help Milwaukee musicians get from point A to point B. And David Ravel gave me the very, very good advice, which was echoed by my mother, uh, that you want nothing to do with nonprofits, just make it an organization you know not nothing to do with them but in the terms of trying to make uh, albums and sell them leave the nonprofit part out of that you know for this particular situation 
so then it was a matter of pulling together all of the people who I've been working with over my career in the last two or three years in Milwaukee, you know, who we've built relationships with. We know the quality and the standard and the consistency of their work and their ethics. And then after that, it was a two and a half month thing between putting everyone together, uh, figuring out the legal things that needed to happen, figuring out where there are studios at, figuring out where there are graphic designers, photographers, out the whole thing, figure out where there are writers, website designers, artistic directors, bands to be on the label, how exactly are we going to go through the method of distribution. Everything really came together within about a two and a half month period once the table got together. Once all the pieces were set and all the people were at the table. And now it's just a matter of casual business, you know. I might see me and one of the artistic directors might go out and see someone's band and talk about how we feel about the band, you know. We might have a meeting and have a long conversation or a long meeting about figuring out creative solutions to creating more income in the art scene and the music scene here. So it's just a general interest and all the people were already there. I have no idea how difficult the undertaking would have been if I knew no one in the city and then just decided to do it point blank. You know, when we, did, when, we made, when we decided to pull the trigger, all the pieces were already in set. So it has been uh, incredibly easy, actually. It's good to have connections, right? Yeah, for sure. Indeed. I think we have one more audience question here. Do we, have we do. Why don't we, why don't we do this question, and then we'll get you on your final song. Um, this one is something we, we wanted to ask, too. Um, when is Stomata going to re release recorded music and also do you think you guys will be releasing any um, music videos which isn't really a typical thing for jazz artists to do is that true wait you may ask the first question or the second question first well it's like a you can go into the second one right away <laughs> um, I feel like we can get some music videos there is some amazing talent in the city uh, amazing videographers in the city. It would be cool to... What's the name of that bar where you can still smoke inside? Mike Walker's Point? Shakers? Yeah, somewhere like that. Or else we could just go to a company turn the smoke machines all the way up. But go somewhere and like have a gig and then shoot a music video. I've always thought about it. I think maybe the reason why you don't see jazz bands shoot a lot of music videos is because it's super awkward to shoot a video... Every, you know, when we shoot our other videos for the other genres of music I'm associated with, uh, they record all the music in the studio, and then we take the video cameras to location and then take boom boxes and play them really, really loud so that all of your favorite Milwaukee rappers and singers can lip sync to the video, and then you're like, oh, my God, because, you know, there's not a microphone in front of their face during the video. Um, and so for jazz music, it's kind of like, well... Are we going to go in super hard, you know, on stage and then recreate, transcribe ourselves <laughs> and then play along to the track on video? So we'll do something. Maybe we have to figure out a situation where we can record on location or make a music video in the studio. Maybe pull a, pull a snarky puppy really quick and get a, have a setup like we're running right now for WMSE and then have video cameras. That would probably be our music video, I'd imagine. What was the first part of that question? Oh, recorded music. What, Dave, when are you going to tour? Oh, well, we got, we have some, there are things coming up, and then we have to get the album up before things come up so soon. 
Good answer. Judicious. All right, let's have one more tune then, shall we? Uh, this next tune is Dizzy Gillespie's Night in Tunisia. We did not write this.
Come on, ladies and gentlemen. All right, that's just gonna just gonna wrap up our show for this evening. We want to say a big thanks to the live studio audience. Give yourselves another round of applause. <clears throat> Huge thanks to the band Stamata. Their next gig is coming up for. Uh, actually, I, I shouldn't say that. Maybe you have another gig outside of Tribe Uncovered coming up. January 20th at Turner Hall. Yeah, actually, yes, the 9th. Yeah, that's right. Uh, my very good friend and collaborator on various projects and also the man who's in charge of Here Here Studios, Ryan Holman, has asked Stamata to be a part of a dinner where he's busting out two whole busfuls of um, less fortunate people who are able to come to company brewing for a show he wants to put on. He wants to donate food, um, have great musicians come and play, and give them a great experience for the evening. Very cool. All right. All right. Well, uh, it's shortly after 7 o'clock. I want to let you know that you're listening to 91.7. I forgot what it was called. WMSE, we're listening to supported broadcast service of the Milwaukee School of Engineering. And uh, we're just wrapping up local live here. Uh, tonight's edition of Local Live on WNSC is supported by a donation from the Hi-Hat Garage located on Arlington and Brady on Milwaukee's east side. The Hi-Hat's high octane hour is Monday through Friday from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. with an appetizer buffet or info at hi-hat-on-brady.com. And Local Live is a production of WMSC Radio broadcast tonight from Club Garibaldi. Thanks to those fine folks. 2501 South Superior Street. And Local Live tonight was uh, hosted by myself, Aaron Wolf, Cal Roach, and engineered by Billy Cicerelli and Ian Olvera. Thanks to our live studio audience one more time. And for upcoming guests and archives of past Local Live performances, visit WMSC.org. Tune in again next Tuesday. We've got Vincent Van Great in for Local Live at the WMSC Studios. Thanks, everybody. Stay tuned to the Radio.